get going. So today's daf is daf ayin hey, page 75. In the Heilige Misechtek Subis. And we pick up from Rabbi Meir Oimer. Okay, we pick up from Rabbi Meir Oimer, which is the last word, four lines from the top of the Amr. Here we go. Reish Mem, Rabbi Meir Oimer. Rabbi Meir says, Anytime you make a nadar, that in order to remove the vow, you need chakiras chacham. You really need a mumcha, an expert, to cross-examine the situation. Lo yachsir. The halacha is that sort of marriage. He's not allowed to take her back. It's too complicated to uh, to say that the pesach is going to up, you know, nullify what the original uh, condition was. Rabbi Lazar and says no. Lo yachsir And this was the. Uh, fascinating expression, again, a quote from our Mishnah, where Rabbi Lazar says, they asked him to take her back when you need a cross-examination because of a situation that does not need a cross-examination. So you're not allowed to take her back in a case that does need a cross-examination because of a, because of a um, case that does not need a cross-examination. Right? Rebeir holds a person, a person, uh, the, the overriding theme, as we mentioned yesterday, of a, of a, of a person wanting to embarrass his wife in Bezden. Now, it doesn't mean he wants to embarrass his wife in Bezden. What it means is, he doesn't, he doesn't mind her being in that setting. It's more important to him that there's no tonight. There's no vow over her head. Rabbi Lazar says, "Ain't no demrit says she's bazi isay bebezin." Rav Amar Rav says, "Hakubisha chasuv askinon." The Amar leinechali the itaser bekrayveiseha. Okay, she says leinechali the itaser bekrayveiseha. I don't want to become usher to her relatives. You hear this? And therefore, if we can nullify the marriage, if we can nullify the marriage. So then he was never married to her. So hence, uh, going ahead and marrying. Somebody who otherwise would have become an erva is going to remain mutter to him. Says Gemara, Ihachi, if that's the machlaikas, Seifa Diktani, in the end of the, of the Brisa where we say, if let's say he marries her and then she's the one, I'm sorry, he's the one, he's the one who goes to a chacham, the hetirai, and removes the, the vow, or Eitzel Raife, he goes to the doctor, the Ripa Isai, and he's healed. The halacha is mikudeshes. The halacha is mikudeshes. But one second, listening, ain't a mikudeshes. We say the case is ain't a mikudeshes. Why? Because dealing with an isha chashuv over here, and we don't want the uh, and and we're going back to the original svaras because as the gemara is about to explain, listening ain't a mikudeshes. Why don't we say over here as well? Adam chashuv asking dealing with the guys. Adam chashuv the amra damar. She's saying now he's the one going to the doctor. He's the one with the tonight. She should say, I don't want to become usher to his relatives. And therefore, I prefer to have the marriage nullified as well. A very well-known uh, uh, quote of the Chachamim, and that is, no. When it comes to a woman, it's easier to please a woman in marriage. Whew. Listen closely. She's okay with anything. She's okay with a husband. He's not chashuv. Doesn't bother her. She's happy being married. 
because Reish Lakish's statement. Reish Lakish gives a famous quote, Amar Reish Lakish, Tav lemeisav tawandu, mi lemeisav armelu, It's better to live, for a woman, it's better to live with uh, somebody else. It could be anybody, even if, uh, then to be alone. Now let's pause for a moment and explain. Tav lemeisav tawandu, lemeisav armelu is basically... Um, Let's not pause yet. I, 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 I have to catch myself. We got to do another few lines and then we'll talk. Abai Yomar Abai says. We got to do a few lines. If you have a wife whose husband is Dushum Shimona, he's, he's a, I don't know how you're allowed to say it. He's, he's very small. Okay, the, uh, he's a short. It's a short. Vertically challenged, says a barn. Karse ben Kharase Ramale. You know what? She's fine with that. She's fine with that. You know why? No, it's just an expression. She means like he's as big as an ant. Yeah? She's fine with that. You know why? Because she gets to sit at the dais with all the married women. Repopa says, the Nafsa Gavra, even a woman whose husband combs wool, which apparently back then was not considered an uh, aristocracy. Right, to say the least, yeah, it was considered a demeaning job. She's still going to call her husband over and say, shh, this is my man. This is my man. Ravashi Ravashi says, the Kulsa Gavra, even if she knows that he's got, uh, he's got uh, Kulsa. Kulsa is like, you know, people don't want to talk about uh, the previous diarist, the previous generation. It's not so clear where this guy's coming from. Still, She's happy with that. You know why? Because he'll be lower maintenance. He doesn't have the same expectations. He actually appreciates that they're married. Tana, we learned that, you know, sometimes these women will get married and um, they will be and the children that they have, they'll say it's their husbands when it's not really their husbands. Because ultimately they're doing all this just for their own, just for their own uh, status. Now let's, let's explain what this is for a moment. Because, listen, in our society, you look around, right? yes, you talk about should a crisis this, should a crisis that. But you're going to say that a woman's more uh, you know, easier willing to take anything from her husband more than a man's able to take from a woman. Is that so true in today's society? Uh, you can answer that for yourself. You can decide on your own. But be it as it may, be it as it may, Let's go back to how society was, certainly in the times of Mishnah and Gemara. And women, I shouldn't say women, let's talk about marriage as an entity. What marriage as an entity provided for women was safety, security, and a checkbook. Safety, security, and finances. Whatever the Torah obligated at, this woman is now going to have a guy, if anybody ever messes with her, who's going to stand up for her. If she, if she was not married, and she was an adult, so she was out of the father's house, she didn't have the same family support they had as, as children, and such a woman was not safe. She wasn't safe. There, there, again, you have to think about the societies that were there. And therefore, Reish Lakish says like this, a man doesn't have the same issues going out into the world and handling people that a woman does. That's the reality of it. That's the reality. So does a man need a woman to keep him safe? 
Does a man need a woman to keep him secure? No. You say a man needs a woman maybe to keep him in line, keep him uh, happy at times or whatever, for that various reasons that a, 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 a man will get married. But it's not the same need that a woman has for simple safety and security that a woman needs. Hence, says Rishokish, Tavla Mesav Tandum Mesav Armalu. And that's why, going back, let's bring this Gemara full circle. That's why, let, let's bring a full circle. Let's bring, hold on one second. Hold on, I'll tell you in a moment. Let's bring this full circle. What were we talking about? Would she care if after the fact she didn't know her husband had a limp and he needs to go to a doctor or after the fact? We said no. But a man would care. Why? Says the Gemara, that, that's what the Gemara is coming on to this to answer and saying, you know what? And that overrides, oh, but you didn't tell me before. I know, but you, you, you would still be happy for, uh, you would still be happy with the marriage overall. Now, Rav Menachem is asking, what's with the uh, Mamzerus over here? So the Gemara here, at the end, as Rashi explains, says, you know what? Even though a woman's going to be willing to marry a man, even if, he doesn't have, you know, uh, you know he he's, doesn't have the, the looks, he doesn't have the wealth, he doesn't have all these things, and, she'll, you know, and it gives her a specific status, but the Tana teaches us at the same time it doesn't mean they're going to be happy in their marriage. They may very well have relations with somebody else because they're not attracted at all to their husbands. And they have this need for intimacy, so they're going to have children from other people, and they're going to tell people, this kid's really from my husband, when the kid's really not from their husband. Now, if you want to know what, uh, you know, in, in my opinion, in my Pushita opinion, why the Gemara feels the need to write this brisa, I do think it's very important. It's telling us, as, uh, as men, that even though a woman might say, you know, eh, I'm willing to live with this, you better be a, a husband that a woman really respects. You need to be a, a, a man that a fellow really respects. Otherwise, you're asking for trouble within the marriage. First wide line on Ayin Hamadav. Here we go. Says the Gemara, according to Mishnah, Kol Mum and Whenever you have a mum on the body of a woman of, of a, a kayin that's got a pasul up from the avida, that mum also pasuls her up from the marriage. If he made a tanai, that you shouldn't have any sort of. Um, Listen to this. I'm going to focus on this in the next little bit. And that is besides for the woman of a Kohen, that is a problem in a marriage, if he had a condition. A husband, again, a husband makes this. I'm marrying you on condition, you don't have a blemish. Included on that list is Zaya, if she schwitzes a lot, all right? She's constantly sweating. Now Rashi says, and it's causing bad, bad odor. It's cause, causing body odor. Vishuma is a mole, vireachape, and chronic halitosis. This is not called morning breath, coffee breath. Yeah, this is chronic halitosis. He doesn't, so, so he says, I don't want any sort of uh, mum. This is included on that list. It says the Gemara, on a Kayan, on a Kayan, these things won't pass love, but I'm learning in Mishnah. When you have a an elderly person, I'm sorry, uh, uh, this. Uh, Mishnah is actually talking about an animal. So Azakin, you have an elderly animal. Ve'hachayla, you have an animal that's sick. Ve'hamizuam, and mizuam is zuama is is it has like a stench. All right, zuama is a stench. Utnan, and we learned in another Mishnah about these animals. Now we're going to get into the laws of sacrifices. We discussed the blemish on a kayan. 
a blemish for a marriage. Now, what about a carbon? So, mumim elu, these types of mumim, bein kavuim, whether they're established, they're chronic, bein ivrim, whether they are here today, gone tomorrow, maybe come back a different time. So, psulim ba'adam. So, they are going to be puzzle in a person, as opposed to an animal. Now, what you see from here is that if you have a kayan that has a horrible stench, he's puzzle from doing the avayda. So, we're saying in the Gemara, you know, a difference between a blemish of a kayan and a blemish of a woman in a marriage, which, by the way, goes both ways. This is not specific to the woman, it applies to, the, uh, to a man as well. When Pesach Kron was here in Shul a few years ago, I believe he, he was mentioning, and he, he mentioned like uh, as, as a side point, that you know when, when people are dating, when a couple is dating, they're out to impress each other. You wear a nice suit, you dress up, and then what happens? You get married, and you don't take care of yourself. You don't care about your, uh, you, know, you, don't, you don't dress appropriate, not appropriate, you dress appropriate, but you don't dress as carefully around your spouse, you don't uh, brush your teeth as much. You might not shower like you do before a date. He says, just because you're married, it's not an excuse not to be, not to present yourself at your best throughout your marriage. We have to make sure that within our marriages, we're you know we're still dating our spouses. If a person uh, if a person is married, got to put your best foot forward always. Be it as it may, why are we saying that it's a moment of marriage, but not a moment of coin when there's a bad stench? You see here that a stench is a mum on a on a kohen as well. So Kayin becomes puzzle if he has this constant body odor all the time. However, if it's overus, if it's passing through, then it's not going to puzzle up a Kohen. Ravashi Ravashi says, He says, there's no contradiction here at all. Why? <clears throat> because that Mishnah specifically was dealing with a animal. Okay, it was dealing with a animal. Now, when an animal smells, I don't know anybody here uh, been to a farm, but I took my uh, family. We went to visit uh, the family's uh, dairy company on Crider Farms in Mannheim, Pennsylvania, just like a month ago. And my kids get out of the car and they were like, vey. there's a whole pond there. A there's a pond of, of uh, manure that's sitting there to be turned into fertilizer for the rest of the farm, right? And they're like, whoa, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, what, what are we supposed to do over here, right? Says, but that's different than human stench. So that's what Rabbi Yaisi Rebchanin is saying. He's saying, when you're dealing with an, when are we saying we're dealing with an animal that has a stench? That's like extreme. That's an extreme stench. But when you're dealing with a, a kayan, so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be different. Now the nafkamina, the Mepharshimir explained, the difference is whether or not it could be washed away. Whether or not it could be washed away. If you can get rid of the stench by taking a shower, so that type of thing is not going to be considered a mum. When it comes to a kayin, so you go ahead and you take a good shower. A kuma de chamra, interestingly, is wine vinegar. I never tried this. I've heard people say that if a skunk sprays you, you take a bath in tomato juice or something to get rid of it. Says the Gemara, if you have a bad stench, so a kayin could go take a, uh, a bath in, in vinegar. Also, a fellow's got halitosis. How do you get uh, rid of it? Afshar dinaka pilpula. Ready for this? You can eat a pepper, bepume, and put it in your mouth. Va'avadavayda and do the avayda. What we call nowadays uh, Wrigley's chewing gum. Yeah, in other words, or uh, a, a listerine strip. 
First, you got bad breath, and you're going to be near somebody, so you're sticking a little bit of gum. Doesn't mean you don't have bad breath. You can cover it over during the Avaida. Says that you still have bad breath. Just the other guy's not noticing it for a few minutes. So says the Gemara, a Kayan as well. He might have bad breath, but during the Avaida, let him stick in a Listerine strip, and it's not going to bother anybody in Gavaldic. The example the Gemara is giving is a pepper, for barely a pepper in your mouth also. Avogabi Isha, Layefsher. But for a woman, you can't expect that to happen. Constantly, right? If you have constant bad breath, you're not going to tell the person every time you talk to your spouse, husband or wife, it goes both ways. You're going to say, you know, I, I want to ask you, I want to talk about lunch. Can you stick a, a, a mint gum in your mouth? Otherwise, you can't have a conversation. You can't do that. So for a marriage, it's a mum to do the Abba in the base of Mikdash, which is not an ongoing thing. And it's, it, you, you could actually cover it over and therefore it's going to be okay. All right, very good. Now, one of the... Uh, mumim that we said was a shuma hai shuma hechidamia. What's the case of a mole? You found a mole after you got married, and that uh, that's called a mum, and you're allowed to say that you know uh, uh, I had a condition. You can't have mumim, and you have a mole. Says the what type of mole? If there's hair with the mole, both by a kayin it's puzzle, and by marriage it's puzzle. Why? Why? Precancerous. Well, well, I don't know if that's the reason, but it's uh, it's broader, it's noticeable, and we'll all agree that it's a mum. Idelai is basically if there's no hair, shuma Or let's say it's a very large mole, It's possible both ways. If it's a small mole, Either way, it's not possible. Gemara is basically saying, you know, we have a case where it's going to be puzzle in a woman. It's not going to be puzzle. A puzzle in a woman, if her husband stipulated that, and not puzzle to a Kohen. So, what's that case of a mole? So, the Gemara says, the Tanya. First, let's explain this because we learned in a Brisa. Shuma, Sheyesh Baseir. If you have a mole with hair, I raise a mum. Ain Baseir, there's no hair. Gedaila, I raise a mum. Ketana, ain zamum. Basically, what's considered a large mole? Pirish, or Bishimim, Amlil. Ad ki Isri Taki. Size of a, it's like a coin in Isri Taki. But be it as it may, we're looking for a case where you have a mole that's a problem in a marriage, but not a problem. In Kahuna, Amar Vesi Rebchanina, Baimedes al Padachta. Okay. Baimedes al Padachta means there's going, it's a smaller mole. Usually it's okay, except the problem here is, is that it's very prominent. It's on her forehead. It's on her forehead. However, it's on her forehead. Okay. That's going to be a uh, problem. Now, there's no hair growing out of it. So that's going to be a problem in a wife. But um, but not in a kite. But not a kite. Ah, frak the gemara padachta. She got a mole on her forehead, and he said he doesn't know. Rav and Ifayasu. How'd you ever marry her? You have to see a woman before you're married. You must have seen it. It's nicker. It's noticeable. So how'd you do it? Amar of Papa by Medesla Tachas Kipa Al Raisha. I'll tell you what. She wore a floppy hat while they were dating. Is that what's called these these sun hats? With very large brims. It came down. She looked like a bar mitzvah with the black hat pulled over his ears. Where all you see is two ears uh, sticking out and a nose coming out of the front. Poor kid's trying to see. Nebuch. You know, and uh, they sticking a big black hat on his head. That's important. You can't be a bar mitzvah. <laughs> there you go. That's the so, by mitzvah, so it could be, uh, sometimes it's covered up and sometimes it's not covered up. You can't expect her to wear a hat throughout their marriage. And therefore, it's a blemish. Fine. Om Rav Chista, Rav Chista says, Let me tell you something I heard from a Gavr Rabba, 
from we call an Adam Gadol, a big person, a great person. Umanu, and who is this great person who taught me what I'm about to tell you? Rav Shila. Ah. Now, what did Rav Shila say? Noshcha kelev v'nase mekoimoi tzalekes hareze mum. If a dog bites her, and now... The dog dies. Not the dog dies, but there's a big scar. Hareze mum. A big scar on the body is considered a mum. Amar of Chista, koil ova be'isha hareze mum. You know what else is considered? A very large scar is a mum. Rav Chista says, koil ova be'isha. Having a manly voice also is going to be considered a mum. Shanamar ki koilech are very deep. Uh, voice, ki koilech arev, this is referring to in the feminine, koilech, your voice is arev, sweet, pleasant, umarech, and your appearance, nova, is fine, it's fine. So you see that a higher pitched voice in a woman doesn't need to be a high pitched voice, but again, not doesn't sound like a trombone, is that a deep, trombone is deep, I don't know, like, like a, right? a, a, a very uh, deep voice, so a, 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 a higher decibel, not decibel, that's, that's sound. Uh, how would you say it? Higher pitch. Higher pitch, thank you. A higher pitch voice is more attractive. And therefore, a very deep voice is going to be considered a mum, according to Rav Chista. Tana Rav Nasan Bira, Rav Nasan Bira taught us, Bein dadei isha tefach. Between the dadei, between the breasts of a woman is one tefach. Sava Rav Acha Brei Kamedarav Ashi Lameimar. Tefach the malyusa a tefach. That's a that's what's standard. That's what's regular, and that's that's uh, what could be what we'll call expected. Omar le Ravashi. Ravashi says no. Gabi momentanya. You're telling me a tefach between the dodim is considered expected. You should know that when I heard about a tefach between the dodim, it's incredible. Terrorism involved and everything. I learned that that's a blemish. I I learned that's a mum. Says the Gemara. Okay, so vakama. What's considered standard where a husband, again, why we say this? You can't go ahead and say, like, oh, something's crazy over here. The comma, so how much is considered ex- uh, normal and expected and regular? Amr Abai, Abai says it's not a tefach, it's Sholeshet's voice. It's the width of three fingers. Tani, we learned in the Brysa of Nasan Oimer, Kol Isha Shetadel, Gasim Ishal Chavrei Seha, Harei Ze Mum. Also, if there's incredibly large Dadim, that's also going to be considered a mum. It's going to be considered a defect. The kama, how much bigger than how much bigger than everybody else? Amar Rab Mishari, Amar Rabbi Mashia, Barbreder of Yeshua ben Levi, Mishmeder of Yeshua ben Levi, Rab Mashia, the Anakul, the grandson of Yeshua ben Levi, quotes a zeda, and he says a tefach larger. The size of a tefach is about three point three inches, uh, give or take a little bit. Umi, so if if it's that much larger. Then what's standard? That's considered a um, a uh, a mum. It's considered a blemish. Umi ika gavna says the Gemara. Is there such a thing? Is there such a thing? A, a regular situation where you're going to have the dadim, where the dadim are three point three inches or larger than than standard? Says Gemara in Barchana achas. I saw an Arab woman She was able to to carry her dadim over her shoulders. Veinikas and she was nursing her child while she was giving him a piggyback ride. So you see that such a thing is possible. Be it as it may, the, the Gemara is giving additional list of items that are not listed in that list where a woman has, besides for a kayan, that these things also, they're unusual. When, if a husband were to come to Besdin 
And he says, listen, I married this woman on condition, there's no woman. And it turns out that any, that any of these things come into play. The halach is, he has a taina, he has a claim. Okay, why does he have period. Why does he have Says the Gemara Baiter, a little bit of a tangent, but sticking with Rev Yeshua ben Levi's enigal, Rev Yeshua ben Levi's grandson, Rev Mishaya, who taught us something beautiful. Listen to this. It says in the Pawasuk in Tehillim, and to Zion, to Eretz Yisrael, to Yerushalayim, we say, Ish, Ish, Yulad Ba. Man, man is born there, and he will establish it, above. Listen to this Pasuk. Listen, that's the Pasuk. Listen to this Drosha. Amar of Miyasha, Barbre, the Bishop and Levi, Mashiach, the grandson of Bishop and Levi, says, There are two people who are considered to be born in Yerushalayim. You want to be an Israeli? Here's the trick either you're born there, or your heart lives there. If my heart lives in Yerushalayim, my heart lives in Eretz Yisrael, I'm an Israeli. That's why it says, says Ramashia Ish Ish, who's born in Eretz Yisrael. I could be living here in this, whatever city I'm living in. If my heart's in Yerushalayim, I live in Yerushalayim. Amar Abaye, You should know, one Yid who actually lives in Eretz Yisrael, listen closely, this is amazing. One Yid who lives in Eretz Yisrael is worth so to speak, two Yidin of Bavel. Amar Rava, Rava says, One Yid of Eretz Yisrael is worth two in Bavel. But listen to this. If a Yid from Bavel moves to Eretz Yisrael, they are more valuable than two, than, than two B'nai Eretz Yisrael. Such a deep idea. Because you could be born somewhere and it's special. But if I move I make a change in life. You're born into Torah. I'm not. You're born in Eretz Yisrael. I'm not. And I change and I grow and I strive to become what you have, to get what you have. That's more valuable than somebody who just, who, who's just, uh, it was handed over to them. The heart of Yermia Kabi when Yermia was in Bavel, he was here in Talmud Bavli. He wasn't sure what the Rabbanon we're saying he couldn't understand the Torah. He saw like Lahasim, and then he went to Eretz Yisrael. Kari lay, he called us Pavloi Tipshoi, the foolish people in in, uh, in Bavel. So he raised himself up. It's Mamisha, Mamisha, an incredible, uh, incredible idea. Viter says the Mishnah. Let's say she had Momin, but she was only in Arusha. They didn't have Nesuin yet, so she's still in her father's house, and they find. These uh, these moment these blemishes. So the father now has to bring a proof. I, I want to give a, a, an introduction to this. All right, I want to give an introduction. Then we'll restart the Mishnah. Here's what's happening. We said that if she has these blemishes that the husband had a condition about, he doesn't have to give her a ksuba. Now, generally speaking, if you want to get money from somebody, what's the rule? It's on you to prove that the money is yours. I can't walk over to you, take your pen, and say, prove it's yours. Not the way it works. 
No, no. It's mine until you prove it's not mine. I don't have to prove that my shirt is mine. You have to prove it's not mine. If I have it, it's mine until proven otherwise. So Aksuba, he's holding on to the money. If she wants Aksuba, she has to prove otherwise. That's how much we But now here's the opposite. And that is something called Chazaka, status. So let's give a case. You have a woman, there's no known blemishes. She, they have Arison, the husband puts a ring on her finger. Five months later, she has one of these mumen. She has one of these blemishes. Now, did the blemish come before the Arison? Did the blemish come after the Arison? If it came after the Arison, you're still married. Because when you put a ring on her finger, I made the condition, she didn't have a blemish. So you're married. And you don't want to stay married, you got to pay her a ksuba. Okay? That's if you rely on chazaka. That there's a chazaka, there's no mum, until you know there's a mum. See, this is going to be the conversation, Chavra. On one hand, there's a rule, if she wants the ksuba, she doesn't have to prove that she deserves it. On the other hand, she has a chazaka that she deserves it. So which one overrides? There's a chazaka up until knowing there's a mum. That there's no mum. Not always. The money's, that, that, there's a chazaka that that shirt's yours. It's on you. Yeah. But so the, with Ksuba, you can't say that. But isn't Hamad Zimitamira Lavraya trying to uproot a chazaka? No, there, because there's uh, a sheep. Hamad Zimitamira is trying to uproot a chazaka? No, no. Chazaka's not coming on the other end. I, I have a chazaka. This is mine. So you right. want to prove otherwise. So, I want to, so I'm breaking... Yeah, the, 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 the but are you coming with a? Are you in order to break? In order to prove otherwise, can you have a? Can a chazaka be strong enough to be the mitzay mechaver? It could be strong enough of a raya. And we say if you want to remove, right. when you want to bring a raya from your friend, you is your chazaka strong enough right. to be a raya? Who's got the presumption? Who's, who's got the burden of proof? That's the question. Right? Well, the burden of yeah, very good. Who's got the burden of proof? Right. Because the thing is that the kasuba is, is a shibur. Correct. So it's not that he has it. There's already there's an established shiva. She's not trying to establish legitimacy of her kasuba. She has a legitimacy. She's shibu. saying I never had a mum up until up until I was already married to you, and therefore, as we learned in Yavamas, she can say Nistapa Sadeu. means your field's flooded, it's your bad mazel. Alright? So that's the conversation over here. Uh, you know, do if she's if she has Arison, who's the onus on to prove? Is it on him to prove that the Chazaka uh, it, it was non-existent, or is it on her to still prove she deserves a ksuba? Here we go. If there's woman found while she's still in her father's house, the father, okay, the father, the family is going to have to bring a proof. They're going to have to prove that it was after the the erison that the woman came along. The, the, it, it, it's incumbent upon them. The onus is on them to bring the the proof. And it's his field that flooded. It's his bad mazel. Otherwise, she's going to lose her ksuba. But once they already had Nesuin, so now she moved in with the husband. Now it's the opposite. That's the husband has to bring a proof. That until they were married, they didn't have these momen. Okay? Okay? Why? Wait for the Gemara. Hold your horses. Good. Wait for the Gemara. Fine. Says the mission of Aiter again, but let's remember: if the mum is found during Arison, it's on it's on the family, her family. If the mum is found after Nesuin, it's on him. Divir Rabbi Meir, 
This is the opinion of Rebbe Meir. The Chomem, the Chom say no. When do we say whether it's her achrayis or his achrayis? That's the moment Shabbat That's by things that are in private, meaning things that he couldn't have seen or have known on, at the, you know, uh, uh, until he actually moved in with her. You know, he, he put a ring on her finger and she was wearing a, a, a beach floppy hat and she has this, the, the, the big mark on her forehead. So that, uh, so where do we say this? Things that are hidden, things that possibly he looked over. Top of Amud Beis. With, if you have a blemish on a revealed part of the body, then no. He cannot say, oh, I said you can't have a mum. You know what we're going to say to him? Are you blind? Let me check your eyes. You should have seen that. You should have seen it. And if, uh, I'll tell you mice like that. And if there's a merchatz in the city, back then they didn't have private showers and baths. There was a mikvah for everybody. The women, they had a central bathhouse. So then, even, a, even a, a blemish on a normally covered part of the body, he has no claim. You know why? Because if he really had a problem with mum, he should have asked his mother, next time you go take a shower, can you make sure there's no blemish? So the onus is on him. You should have, you should, that was part of your checking out for a shidduch. And hence, there's, uh, if there's a, a blemish that's found afterwards, it's completely his responsibility, and she would receive her ksuba. Says the Gemara, time with the reason why if the mum is found after Arison, the ksuba needs to be paid, that is only when the family brought a proof that the mum wasn't there before. If the father would not have brought a proof, then he would not have had to pay the ksuba. Money, who's the tana of that? Uh, who's the tana of that brisa of our Mishnah? I'm sorry, Rabbi Yeshua. He, that's the bin of Rabbi Yeshua. Damar let me who says in general in pionichayin. This is going back to a machlokes that we had much earlier on in the Masechta that discusses when a woman shows up and it turns out by nesuin that there was a pesach pasuach. She was no longer a virgin, and she claims that it was because somebody violated her after the erison and was against the will. The question is, do, do we rely on her? So Rabbi Shua says, let me be honest, you can't rely on her, and therefore the same over there, you can't rely on her for, a, for, uh, for her virginity. Here as well, we're not going to rely on her to say when the mum popped up. You're going to have to bring a proof and say the mum was non-existent before the erison. But then Ema Seifel, let's look at the end of our Mishnah. Once you have Nesu, and this is going to be your question of Menachem, okay? It's on the husband to bring a proof. What changed? Why during erison is on the father, after the suah it's on him? Time with the Maisei about Raya. The reason why he's got to pay is because the husband brought a Raya. I'm sorry, the reason why you don't need to pay is because he brought a proof that was there before. But let's say the husband would not have proved that the mum, the blemish was there before, Ha'av Memon, we would have trusted. Then we would have trusted her. That's, going, that's on the flip side of the Gemara earlier on. Asan the Rebbe Gamliel, the Amar Namenes, which seems to, be, seems to be, we are going to trust her, innocent till proven guilty. So which one is it? The, the Mishnah seems to be a contradiction. Is it Rabbi Shua or Rabbi Gamliel? Answers the Gemara, Amr Rabbi Lazar, Tavra. Tavra means it's both, you're right. Misha Shanazu, Shanazu. You're right. Part of a Mishnah is Rabbi Gamliel, part of the Mishnah is Rabbi Yeshua, or you could just say it's two different Tanoim. Whoever taught the Reisha of the Mishnah and taught is a different person taught the Seif of the Mishnah. Amar Rava, Rava says, you should know to clarify this, and it's going to be very Gishmak. Don't think 
This is the lumbus here. Don't think that when we say, again, either you rely completely on Hamayt Zbicher of Araya, or you rely completely on Chazaka, don't think that they're actually arguing over whether or not you rely on the Chazaka. Rather, When does Yabishua say we don't follow the Chazaka of her body? Now remember, her body has a status, has a Chazaka of not having a mum until he found a mum. When do we say otherwise? That's only because she has to prove that to pull money away from him. So it's like this. It's not that Rabbi Shua is saying there's no chazaka on her body. No, he's agreeing there's a chazaka. He's just saying that when you're coming to pull away money from somebody else, you need more. If you're not trying to extrapolate money for a ksuba, so and you don't need Rabbi Shua would agree to follow the status of her body that there's no mum. Titnan, how do you know this? We learned in the Mishnah. In Baharas Kaidmasayar Lovan, this is getting into the laws of of uh, Nega, the laws of Tsaras. So there's a there's a fascinating halacha. One of this one of the types of Tsaras is if the skin becomes white and you have white hair. Now there's a rule, and the rule is that if the skin turns white and then the hair turns white, that's Tsaras. But if first there was white hair and then the skin turned white, that's not saras. You know what that is? That's just a physical issue that you got to go to the doctor to deal with. Nothing to do with your Lashon Hara or, 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 uh, yeah, or needing to do tshuva. Okay? So it says, Imba Haras Kaidem Laseyar Lavan, if the, the skin turned white before the hair turned white, Tame. Imseyar Lavan, if let's say the hair turned white, then the skin, tart. Suffolk, you're not sure. Tame. So you got it, Suffolk, the Arise, right? You're going to be Tame. Yabishua, I'm Erkeya. Yabishua says it's weak. What's weak? Says the Gemara, my Keya. What is Yabishua talking about? Amarabah, Keya, Tar. If it's weak, then it's going to be Tahar. Okay. You see from over here that why is it Tahar? Because until we know that there is Tsaras, is, it, is the person Tame? No. You remain Tar. So he says if it's a weak sign of Tsaras on your body, you're going to keep your original status of, of being Tahar. All right. Rav Amarava says, Reisha kan nimtu v'kan hayu. The Reisha of our Mishnah is dealing with the case. Now, what was the case of the Reisha? They had Arison. She's still in her house. She hasn't moved in. What was the Allah there? What do we say? The Allah was that it's on the father to prove that it wasn't there beforehand. So says Rava. That is where they found the blemish while she's still in her father's house. Okay? Fine. Now, she's still in her father's house, and they found that the blemish was there even prior. Seifa, Namikan, Nimtu, the Khan Hoyu. In the Seifa as well, where we say it's on the husband to bring the proof that he doesn't owe her a ksuba. So we're going to say that if when he does prove it, it's here now, and it was there before as well. It was there before as well. I, what about Chazaka? Don't worry about it. Chazaka, again, chaz, very nice you have a Chazaka, but that Chazaka is not going to take the place of, it's not going to take the place, uh, it's not going to 
be enough of a raya to pull the money away from the husband for the ksuba. Now, Isri Abaye, Abaye asks a challenging question. Nichnas Elishus Abal, we said once they have Nisuin about Sarah Lavi Rais on the husband to bring a proof. That it was before the Erisin. You had these mumin. And therefore the husband wants to say this whole thing is a mekach tois. The whole thing is invalid. Which means if it was before the Erisin, he could say it was a mekach tois. Misha tisares, once they already had an Erisin loy. He can't claim that it was a mekach tois. He can't say the whole thing is null and void. Va'amai, why not? According to the expression that Rava used, ask Sabaye, according to Rava's expression, we say it was here, it was here all along, and hence, it's a mekach tois. It was always here. Don't tell me that it happened after the Erisin. It's not mikanu lahaba from here on forth. No, all along. Even before Erisin, Omar Lay, so Rava says back to Abaye, if the mum was found after Erisin, yeah, because we're able to say, we have a chazaka, a person does not drink from a cup, unless you checked it out first. When you pick up a cup, you're going to pick it up and you're going to check it out. So too, before Nisuin, we're going to assume that the, the husband is, before he drinks the cup, so to speak, before he completely moves in with his wife, he's going to make sure that there's no mum on her body. Why not before Averson? Huh? Because he's not moving in with her. Huh? How does he do that? How does he do that? How does he do that? So, it's a good question. We'll say, however you're able to, whether it's in the uh, whether it's in the bathhouse, whether it's uh, asking questions, communicating. By the way, do you have any uh, deformities that I can't see or whatever it is? But yeah, it's a good shaila. It's a good shaila. Vahai rov and isbayisu, and we're going to say this is part of the standard shidduch checking out, and therefore he must have known it before going into nesuin, and he was okay with it. And therefore, if, he, if once they have Nesuin, and he wants to come back and claim he had a problem with it, there's enough of a chazaka to say that a man does the proper checking. That chazaka. There's different chazaka. It's chazaka now that a man does proper checking. That if you're going to come afterwards and say, oh, but I didn't know, we're going to say, okay, that's your problem. Well, hold on. Huh? No, you, from society. Yeah. But listen to this. I think this was Rabbi Ravinsky. Even before Arison also. Why didn't you do the checking then? You're going to wait for Arison to do the checking before the Nesuin? We're going to say it like this. We're going to say there's a chazaka, a different chazaka, that a person does not, is not okay with real mumin. He's not okay with it. Okay? Hachanami. So too, when he finds out afterwards... A person's not okay with it. So we're back to square one. Says the Gemara. So we're stuck with our question. What's our question? Why is it that if it's, as far as Arison is concerned, we're not putting the onus on him to have done his research, but as far as Nesuin is concerned, we're putting the onus on him. You should have done your research before moving in. Why is that? So the Gemara answers, Ella, rather the case is, rather the reason is as follows. Misha Nisarsam, if... 
um, the mum was found after Erisin. I'll say Mishum the Ika Tarte Chazaka. We have two Chazakas before Erisin. What are two? What are the two statuses? First of all, Hamid Haguf Al Cheskasei. There's there's Chazaka number one that a regular woman's body doesn't have these issues. That's a regular Chazaka general Chazaka. Okay, so she has a Chazaka in her favor. And there's another chazak in her favor, which is v'chazaka ein adam shaysa bekais. A person not going to drink from a cup. Elam came baitkai. That works to her favor. A person is not going to drink from a cup unless you checked it out. So that works in her favor. Why'd you marry me? You didn't do your research. So she has two chazakas. First of all, not expected. There's a blemish. Second of all, you should have done your research. And now. You married me. My Amrit, what are you going to say? Oh, yeah, she has two chazakas working in her favor, but there's also a chazaka that defies the woman, but there's also a chazaka that in general, once a, once a person finds out about a blemish, he's not okay with it. So then, have a tarti. You have one status top of tomorrow's daf in the place of two. She's got two statuses working for herself. He's got one status working in his favor, and she wins. Two against one. So we're going to say it like this. Let's wrap up this, this idea already. Let's see how this answers. Before Erisin, before Erisin, if there's a blemish that was found before Erisin, she lost her chazaka. Before. What's happening here? It's Meredith. What's he proving now? He's going to bring witnesses that say there was a blemish on her body before Arison. So hold on. One chazaka of her body not having a, a blemish is out the window because a chazaka doesn't come in the place of witnesses. So witnesses are now proving his, his way that there, was no, that there was a mum. So she lost one chazaka. So now that she lost that chazaka, what do you have? Hamid you can't say you don't have that chazaka anymore. So my Ika, so what do you have left? What do you say in her favor? Oh, so there was a mum. Oh, you should have checked it out. You, don't, you shouldn't drink from a dirty cup. We still have a chazaka. But then one second. Now it's one against one. He also, you must have been okay for it. Mamele doesn't need to pay. You hear? Because you have one chazaka working in her favor. You have one chazaka working in his favor. Those two chazakas cancel each other out. What are you left with? No chazaka. He's holding on to his ksuba. He's got his money. And he's going to say, if you want to prove that I owe you a ksuba when we get divorced, you women are going to have to prove, we already had, you're going to have to prove that you're entitled, that the mum was not there all along. And if you can't prove that, if, if you're not able to prove that, I don't have to pay you a ksuba. Beautiful. We'll hold it here. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody. Best time. We'll see everyone tomorrow evening. Zygabed.